Are you looking to go from beginning stage to next level in your church dreaming process? Well, if you are, this interview today is just for you. Are you ready? Because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! Hello, heroes. My name is Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where ministry leaders come to talk about digital tools or trends that are happening around the world and how we can apply them into our ministry context. And today I'm really excited because I have my friend Christopher Wesley with me on the podcast. Christopher is a student minister, but he also runs Marathon Youth Ministry. I've got all that information in the show notes below. He's been on the podcast numerous times, so he's not new to the podcast. Uh, But I'm doing a follow-up podcast interview with him from something we did earlier uh, from spring of 2020 when COVID really kind of first hit. And his church parish had to go from not streaming to streaming really quick. And we talked about what that looked like um, and how he did that. And I have the that episode in the show notes today. But what we're doing today is a follow-up. Okay, it's been many months since that happened. And we're following up on what did he go, what did he do to go from that beginning stage to now a more advanced stage, taking his church streaming to the next level? What was the process that he worked through and what are, what are they doing right now? So if you're looking to go from a more uh, beginning stage to more intermediate or even advanced stage, this interview is going to be very helpful for you and very encouraging because Chris talks about a variety of different things, including staffing and technology. So I'm really excited to hear from him today. So without any further ado, let's get in the interview right now, talking to Christopher Wesley and taking his church streaming to the next level. All right, with me right now is my friend Christopher Wesley. How are you, Christopher? I am doing well, Tom. Tom, it's always a pleasure to have these conversations with you. So glad to be back. It's, Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure having you on. You know, you're you're you've become a, a good friend of mine. Uh, and again, even though you know we had to go to Atlanta to finally meet each other, even though we live probably like less than an hour and a half away from each other. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Some of my closest friends like live right around the corner, but I only see them in other cities. So, you know, go figure. That's the world we live in these days, right? So, yes, that is, that is true. So, well, Chris, you know, if someone, you've been on the podcast many times, um, and so you're not new here, but if someone's just discovering the podcast and, and they're new and they're hearing your voice, uh, to quickly tell people uh, who you are, uh, what you do at your, your parish, and then also marathon youth ministry stuff. Sure. So uh, I am a full-time director of youth and young adult ministry at a parish outside of uh, Baltimore City, um, St. Joseph in Cockeysville, Maryland. Um, I've been doing that for uh, four years, but even though I've been in ministry for close to 17 years now. So I uh, um, just love working with the young church and, and men and women who uh, work, uh, who want to accompany the young church. And, and that uh, leads me into the story of Marathon Youth Ministry, which I'm the founder of. We're an organization where we offer coaching and cohorts for overwhelmed leaders who are looking for resources to um, successfully accompany the young church. And and so if you go to MarathonYouthMinistry.com, we've got a blog. Like I said, we've got coaching services. We have cohorts where we bring men and women together just to learn some best practices and habits 
Um, and, and this is not just for youth ministers now, we're expanding the children's ministry as well, just to help anybody who um, wants to uh, help the next generation uh, get to know Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's great. And we'll talk a little bit more about Marathon Youth Ministry as we kind of wrap up, because I think there's some really cool things that you're constantly doing. You're, you're constantly doing things there. Uh, and so I, I think it's fantastic. Um, all right. So, well, your role uh, changed just a, like most of us um, as when COVID hit, you know, churches were, were scrambling and we were doing different things. Uh, so uh, we talked about this a while back um, in the last time we were together, but uh, quickly tell people how uh, your role changed when uh, COVID hit. Yeah, uh, so back in March when you know everything was starting to shut down, uh, our staff, uh, church staff had a kind of you know come to Jesus moment, right? Where we're sitting around the table and saying, okay, we're not going to be able to do what we usually do for the foreseeable future. So we asked this question, which I think is always an important question when you're facing a crisis or a project with limitations, which is, okay, what can we do? And uh, one of the big uh, questions was, how do we continue to um, uh, make accessible our our liturgy, Um, uh, especially being a Catholic church? You know, for us, it's about offering the sacraments and um, and providing worship. And up until that point, we were a church that never had um, live streamed before. Uh, we had been recording our pastors' uh, homilies or sermons um, and putting them on a podcast, but really had never broadcasted anything um, before. Uh, and uh, having prior experience uh, from my previous uh, church, and also having a background in electronic media communications. Um, Never thought I would use that degree as much as I have. (laughs) I stepped up and said to our pastor, you know what? I've never, um, outside of just streaming something to my phone on Facebook Live uh, or Instagram stories, I've never uh, live streamed before, but I'm willing to figure it out. And so he, uh, you know, gave me permission to just explore, which is one of my core motivations out there. And within a couple of weeks, um, we were uh, actually, uh, when we got to Easter, Holy Week, we started live streaming. Before that, um, fortunately, we had someone in our parish who was a videographer who, uh, you know, helped us pre-record the liturgy. And then we just broadcasted that through Vimeo. But, so that bought us some time to really research live streaming, which is where we really wanted to go. Um, and you know, uh, what, what has it been like nine months later now? Um, we went from, you know, spending like maybe a thousand dollars on basic equipment to getting to, um, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars of professional equipment. Yes. See, okay, good. Because when we talked last time, you, you were in that exploration of, uh, equipment and you had explained to me your process and that you had a Mevo device um, that you were using. Uh, and so it was, it was a really good setup, especially for starting off. And this is your new thing. And I would encourage anybody who's missed that podcast episode to go back and listen to it. I'll, I'll include it in the show notes because the way Chris set that up was awesome. Okay. So that's how you set it up. Now I want to talk to you about how, what you're doing now um, and, and how you've invested in it and what does the team look like and, and what's your process on that? 
Yeah, so um, again, when we started with uh, Basic Mevo Set, um, it was pretty easy to operate uh, with just one or two people, right? Um, because everything was on the laptop, on a computer. And it was a great short-term solution. But if you're looking to do something long-term, that's where you start. You need to start investing money on, 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 on good equipment uh, yep. because... Just, you know, like all technology, it breaks down over time. And especially if you're setting up breaking things uh, down every single week, things are going to get damaged. You're going to buy new wires and, and things along those lines. So we started to do some research, um, you know, and uh, on the type of equipment that we were looking for. So we reached out to other churches who were live streaming. We reached out to other organizations who um, had um, kind of made similar te technological sort of changes and uh, again, with my background, we were able to put a little bit of a wish list and we went to our congregation and we said to them, hey, listen, this is what we want to do. And this is what it's going to enable us to do. It's going to enable us to um, bring you um, a better uh, representation of the mass. Um, it's going to enable us to evangelize. It's going to enable us to um, offer other ways for people to get involved in the church. Um, and this is how much it's going to cost. Mm. And, and Tom, in four days, we raised. Wow more than $30,000 to start investing in this equipment. Wow. Four days. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't even like that well advertised. It's just, yeah. there were, there were people who had hearts for making this happen. And, and, and that, that's the one thing I want to kind of uh, put out there, right? If you're hesitant, if you're nervous about starting live streaming or investing further in your live stream opportunities, don't because there are people out there who are passionate about not just reaching for Christ, but seeing you succeed in your role. And that was one thing that we had to believe in and do. And, and that kind of took us to that next level. See, I, I like, I want to hit on this real quick because I like what you did there. Um, uh, you, you come, you came up with your wish list and then you presented it before the congregation. You didn't go and say, okay, let's look at our church budget and let's cut certain things because we need to add on to this. You just flat out went to the congregation and said, we need this. You gave the, the reason why and you put out the need and it filled up really quick. I mean, that that's a great way to get your congregation involved in what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing. When we first started up, it was about looking at the budget, right? With the Mevo cameras, that was kind of like, what do we have? But once we had proven to people that this was important to us and that this was going to be a part of our fabric, then it was going to them and it was casting vision, right? It's all about casting vision. And so we worked with a great organization, um, Whitford Systems, you know, just a little shout out to them and everything. And um, they fortunately had worked with churches before, um, with schools before. And so they were able to help us really narrow it down to the type of equipment that we needed to, um, to have. So we went from, you know, just a couple of webcams and a laptop yeah. to moving to like three PTZ cameras, a uh, Blackmagic switchboard, which is so funny to have Blackmagic in a church, but right, you know, <laughs> Blackmagic switchboard, um, you know, a uh, um, using ProPresenter uh, graphics, uh, you know, on a, um, a Mac, Mac uh, uh, computer yeah. and everything. And so our with this growth of equipment, um, so was our need for recruiting more volunteers. Yeah. Um, because my intention was not to do this full time. I was not, I love youth ministry. Uh, you know, I've had so many opportunities to move on from youth ministry, mm -hmm. but um, I just love having my, my hands in it. And so I was 
not ready to commit to becoming the full-time director of virtual live stream or whatever it may be called. Right. So uh, basically um, we started looking at, at building a team. We had already been building a team, but then we started um, looking at, all right, who are people we can bring on board? Okay. I want to hit on something you hit on real quick, just to, to clarify terms real quick. What kind of cameras did you get? Sorry. Yeah. PTZ stands for pan tilt zoom. Um, they're not, uh, so the, they almost look like security cameras, right? Where they are on a swivel and they can basically get 360 degrees. And the way that you operate them is with a, a joystick, um, which was different than what I experienced at my previous church where you had camera operators, right? Yeah. Um, and they were using more of that, you know, uh, typical, it, it looks like almost like a television, um, can't, you know, camera. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you're, you're manually doing that, where for three cameras, you just need one person with a PTZ. Um, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That, so. that is really cool. Okay. So you don't have camera operators. You have the one person operating all three. Yes. Yes. And you know, at first I was a little reluctant with that because it was like, because, and I'll talk about this in a minute with virtual streaming, not only is it an opportunity to evangelize and, and, and offer worship for uh, you know your congregation for the loss and everything like that. It's also an opportunity for people to step up and serve. Yeah. And so I didn't want to necessarily jump into automation and be like, okay, well we've created this incredible ministry that is limited with who can get involved. Right. Um, but uh, really, at the end of the day, um, you know, you've got to think about worst case scenarios, which is either a snowstorm comes along or another pandemic God help us all but another pandemic where you need one person to operate this quality equipment yeah. and so that's where the PTZ cameras um, really came in that, that's cool that's really cool um, yeah we have camera operators at ours but uh, yeah the uh, that that sounds really cool okay so talk to me about your team then okay you start what did, what kind of team did you start with and what what does your team look like now? So going way back to the beginning, it started with this, this buddy of mine, Stephen, who is a videographer, actually a former youth minister himself. Cool. And so it was the two of us and he was really helpful in just like getting this off the ground and someone I could lean on, you mm -hmm. know, um, to, to really help out with this. But when we realized that, you know, this, this was going to continue on and we needed to recruit people, we, we put out, you know, messages in the bulletin, um, in our announcements after mass, um, you know, emails, things like that. And we had a couple of, you know, people reach out and say that they were interested, but the, um, the ones who not only came to us, but really followed through were actually our teenagers. Really? And, um, yeah, we're our teenagers. And actually, um, I would say that the majority of our team today is high school students, high school and college students. And, um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, of course, that makes sense. You know, it's technology. They're more comfortable with it. And, and yeah, there's truth to that. And in fact, what was awesome uh, with the teens is how quickly they took to that. Yeah. But it wasn't so much they took quickly to it because um, it's technology. As much as something that, you know, I've learned over time and I've learned this from from other youth pastors and and leaders is that we gave them permission to fail, to take risks and fail. So as we recruited people and we found this more that teens were more um, uh, receiving of this uh, training than adults was we would say, OK, this is here are the buttons. Here's what they do. Now go play. 
yeah. and just tell us what you learn. And so, um, so as we were training teenagers uh, or people, the process that we went through is here's your orientation of what everything does. Okay. After that orientation, you're just going to stand by me. I had everyone who was training hold a clipboard okay. and on it, they had to record what they saw and what was going on. So as I'm directing and saying, all right, set up camera one, preset two, blah, blah, blah. They had to track that with what was going on in the liturgy and the mass. Okay. And afterwards we would go through it and say, okay, what are you like, what are you gaining here? What are you learning? And it, it was an exercise of just observation, right? How are they paying attention? What are they absorbing? So afterwards I could say, well, that didn't really happen. And the reason I did this was this. And, and then you allow them to ask questions, right? So basic apprenticeship model. Yeah. And then that next step was, okay, um, you know, before we go live, so this is like the third time that they're serving or the second time that they're serving, before we go live, I just want you to have fun and press buttons and mess with the machine, right? Um, you know, with concern, with little concern that they were going to destroy anything. I mean, the worst case is that we would just have to hit reset and start up all the equipment again. Right. And we found that adults would be like touch one or two buttons and be okay with it. While teens were saying like, Hey, did you know that the computer could do this or the switchboard could do that? And I'd be like, no, actually I didn't. And so I was learning stuff from these teenagers who were adapting that. And after then the, uh, after mass, um, I, uh, some of the teams were like, can we continue to, you know, play around with the equipment? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, but anything you learn, you have to write it down on this notepad. And so we have like a blank notepad that stands by it. And so every week I come back and we see this, this notepad that um, is just filled with all these notes of like, Hey, Chris, did you know that this button does this, this, and this, or I learned with these graphics to do this, 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 and this. And so what we're doing is we're not only training teens on the equipment, but we're also teaching them how to um, how to discover and not just accept what is there or what we've presented them with. Yeah, dude, that that is awesome. I mean, that is really cool. Um, again, yes, I I agree. It makes a lot of sense because te teens are so tech savvy these days and everything like that. But uh, but it provides the teens a real practical way to serve. You know, really way in in something that they're going to be more naturally good at. I, I'll say this, my, um, my daughters and I, we make some videos for, um, the church, um, from time to time. And so we made a video, uh, right after, um, Halloween, as we were getting into Thanksgiving and we recorded it and I was like, okay, now I just got to edit it. And so my, my daughter actually said to me, she said, Hey, do you want me to do it for you? And I'm like, okay, I'll give you a shot, you know, do it. And she's had a little bit, she's done a little bit of stuff and whatnot. Um, but not a whole bunch. I didn't know what she did. She put it together. She spent about an hour and a half working on it. Um, and it was only like a 45 second video, but she did an hour and a half and she made it so cool. And I kept on asking her, I'm like, how did you do that? Hey, I had, and she's using the same software I'm using. And I'm like, wait, how did you, what did you? And I'm like, gosh, I learned so much from that hour and a half. Yeah. Well, and, and, and what like you're describing there is something that I think a lot of us forget is we get so comfortable in our routines, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, Tom, but I get into a point where I'm like, I just want to be efficient. Right. Yes. I, and so this is the methodology that I've developed and it's going to be easy for me. And we don't, 
go back and ask, okay, is this still efficient? Is this still effective? Because it's comfortable. And so when someone comes in, especially a young person challenges us on that or introduces us to something new, we're at a crossroads where we have to say like, oh, do I encourage that? Do I adopt that? Or do I reject that? Right? Yes. And, um, and unfortunately a lot, we see this a lot in church where we reject that because yep. it's not the way that we always do. This is the way that we always did it. And we have to do it this way. Yeah. Um, I, another, uh, another thing that I, I just, I feel like is important to mention too, that we did with, um, our team is we started to, and this is something from like, uh, Fuller Institute with, um, growing young, uh, uh, yeah. basically handing the keys over to our students to allow them to drive. Mm. And so, um, you know, we, we call our, uh, our uh, tech station actually a space station. And anytime someone is directing or uh, using a certain component, we're like, are you ready to drive? Are you ready to fly? And so that's our kind of mentality. And so we started to teach students how to direct, you know, their peers and other adults. And this might sound really bad, but um, I'll intentionally go in there and sabotage some things to yeah. see how well they troubleshoot and work together, right? That's cool. Um, knowing that I can always pull them out. Yeah. And, and so another important part of this is not just giving them room to explore, but room to learn how to work as a team. Yeah. You know, it, that reminds me of the thing, you know, back when I was younger doing student ministry stuff. Uh, I was told, Hey, one day, just don't show up to group, get sick last, get quote unquote sick, you know, and see how your team responds and see what they do. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. Again, you're, you're sabotaging them, but it, it's a good, it's a good thing. They'll be able to think, and you're, you're in there to help out with that. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, going back with young, so we do have a couple of adults but, uh, and our team continues to grow, even though we've fulfilled all the positions that we need to fill, we are continuing to grow our team. And one of the reasons why I think our team is very successful is not just because we have teenagers and it's technology, but because we're giving um, people this permission to just really challenge themselves and grow mm -hmm. and that there's a trust and a natural rapport. And so I think if you're a leader and what, no matter what type of ministry you're starting, you have to, again, go back to that principle of like, is it all about me? Is it all about my control? Or am I like being a steward of this ministry, a steward of my leadership? Yeah, that's really cool. Well, tell me how many different positions do you have? Like what are some of the key positions you have that you've, you've kind of filled in, in your parish? So um, it, it, it's really um, an ideal situation is having four, right? You have, um, you have your director who's basically overseeing the whole thing. Yep. You have um, someone who's uh, overseeing the switchboard um, and just making sure, you know, setting up those shots, a camera operator. And then um, we have this other person who oversees the graphics as well as um, the audio levels. Okay. Uh, we haven't upgraded yet to a more extensive audio board. We're, we're in the process of doing that. So we'll probably eventually add another position. And again, worst case scenario, two people can run it. Um, but uh, the nice thing about having four people there is the fact that everyone's relaxed, everyone's enjoying themselves, everyone can even participate in the worship yeah. as they lead that. And um, it makes it for a um, irresistible environment. That, that's great. Okay. So in your area, do you have a separate area designated or is it part of 
tell, tell me about your area real quick. Yeah, so um, what's kind of cool is we're up in the choir loft, which okay. has not been used in a long time. So <laughs> we're kind of like hidden in the back of the church, um, yeah. high. People don't even really know we're there. Like I said, we have these cameras mounted. So like people don't even really see the cameras um, and, and everything. And uh, we use headsets, so we're whispering, um, which is really important, especially with masks and everything like that um, on currently at this time. And um, yeah, we're just up in this 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 booth, um, um, this makeshift booth, um, where we can see the whole liturgy and see everything that's going on in the church. That, that's really cool. Um, and uh, Crud, I just had a question for you. Um, do you? Oh, here's one. Do you do you oversee the chat host too? Like, do you do you have that responsibility as well? So that, that, that's a great question. Currently, we are not engaging in chat. Okay. Because, uh, you know, this is a huge debate in regards to streaming liturgy for the Catholic Church, right? Okay. Where um, there is a lot of debate. And this is part of the reason why so many Catholic churches don't or did not live stream before COVID. And, and the big reason is because, and I think we can all agree, worship is not meant to be entertainment, right? Yep. And so at what point is this entertainment versus engagement? Mm-hmm. Now, like... Um, I mean, my personal thought is that fact that um, live streaming is actually not a worship tool or a liturgical tool. It's actually a catechetical tool or a discipleship tool. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I'm not sure what your listeners' uh, thoughts are on this, um, but like uh, this is a huge kind of transformation and education that the Catholic Church is going through where, you know, this being a catechetical tool or a discipleship tool, the purpose is it's not just for convenience where someone's like, Hey, you know what? I don't want to go to the church. So I'm just going to watch it on live stream. Right. But really if it's an evangelization tool or even a discipleship tool, it's teaching people how to engage in worship so that when they are in the, in the actual church building that they feel comfortable, right? Like Catholics, we always talk, get, um, we're always like called like the CrossFit of worship or the calisthenics of worship, right? With the sit, stand, kneel, yeah. what, <laughs> what does this prayer mean and everything like that? Well, if someone's really interested in the Catholic faith, they can go online and we have this opportunity through the chat, through the graphics that we're putting on to um, educate, but also invite them into understanding the deep nuances, you know, behind behind the faith, you know, and, um, and we can, we can point out even to some of our um, uh, Protestant and evangelical friends that there is scripture in the Catholic mass and things like that. And that, um, you know, this is why the priest, you know, holds his hands here or kneels here or, you know, why there's a focus there and there. And so um, it's really exciting because, you know, even though there are hundreds of churches who have been doing this for years or thousands of churches who have been doing this for years for Catholic churches. It's still so new because there was always this fear of entertainment versus engagement. Yeah, no, that, I mean, seriously, that's one of the biggest questions again for live streaming. And that's not even a, just a Catholic church thing. I, I hear a lot of other churches as well that struggle with that same question. And so it is one of those questions that you have to deal with as your church and every church is going to be different on it. So uh, I, I totally respect that completely. Let let me ask you this question. Um, you were talking about you were uploading your stuff to Vimeo. Are you still using Vimeo or are you using a different place like YouTube? Yeah, no, we're using Vimeo right now. Um, and part of the reason why we have not engaged in something else is 
you know, again, my role is temporary and we have hired um, a part-time AV uh, coordinator, uh, mm -hmm. Math and this, this, this guy, Math, and, and uh, he's going to be discerning that in the new year, um, whether we should, because he's overseeing digital media altogether. Um, Vimeo was good when we started because when we already had an account and just to upgrade, um, we were able to create more storage and it gave us free access to a live streaming service called Livestream Studio. Nice. So it was kind of like we didn't have to necessarily research or, or jump into other things like OBS or, um, you know, any of the YouTube and things along yeah. those lines. So currently we use Vimeo. Pretty happy with it for the most part. There are some limitations um, here or there, but that's the same with any software. Um, I, I, what I would say is use what you know best, um, yeah. you know, when, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, this is cool. Okay, before we switch gears into something else real quick, do you have any other thoughts on, on live streaming your setup that you have currently right now? Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, there's so much to uh, a couple of mistakes we made early on, or I wouldn't say mistakes, but things that we didn't consider as heavily as we should is you have to have excellent um, internet. Um, I cannot, you know, internet is something, and I think we're all learning this, right? Is the strength of your internet will boost your quality so much, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's one part. The second thing is don't underestimate the processing speed of your computer. Um, so, you know, we started out on a MacBook Pro, which, which did its job, right? Um, and then we switched to a Mac mini. Um, oh, and, nice. and, but we're still hitting like these same issues. Like when we we're showing videos, we were hitting buffering, you know, like just different things. And so we thought it was the internet, which our internet does need to improve at the church. But what we re realized is we had kind of downgraded our computer because my MacBook pro had an I five processor okay. and the Mac mini that we bought had an I three processor, oh, okay. which, uh, for people who don't know what that means, don't worry. I barely know what that means, but it's basically <laughs> like we were running off of less juice and our computer was working harder to produce that. Yeah. And so just recently we had to upgrade to a computer with, um, you know, an I seven that is working much more smoothly yeah. now. So there just, as you're looking at it, computers do matter. Um, yeah. and whether you're a Mac person or a PC person, I mean that really, like, I think there are options in both camps there. Um, the, other thing that I would say is I'm just, I'm really happy with black magic studios um, and their equipment. Um, they've got good stuff there. And, uh, and yeah. Um, the other thing is you cannot have too many monitors. Uh, don't, <laughs> yes. We have four Tom. Uh, and uh, you know, I feel like a fifth one would, would be perfect. Um, some people might consider that overkill, but that just allows us to see everything that's going on. Yeah. And again, it's about clear, clear communication. Yeah, I think we have about five monitors as well. I mean, and me myself, when I'm I'm separate from our booth, uh, and I I'm kind of just orchestrating different things. But I have two different monitors set up, and I'm like I could use an, an extra one as well. But I will affirm you on that. The, the computer does matter. Um, and again, one of the things, one of the big lessons learned we we we've learned this before, but it really was hiccuping a lot early on in COVID was. Make sure your if your computer updates, you know, when you're not around and, you, you know, make sure you have everything reset, your settings reset um, back to what they were. Because when we've updated our, when our computer updated automatically, 
it reset a lot of stuff and we were we were really strung out that one time oh my gosh yeah that, that's a huge other principle make sure you make updating your software a regular part of your week not like right before you're going yes. live, right like how yes. many times that happened with us where we were uh, we had to update because we weren't checking regularly we had to update the mevo cameras and they were not ready for us to go live and so we had to switch to our phones and ipads wow which was a whole, <laughs> a whole other <laughs> so so yeah go yeah. figure with that dude that's awesome well it sounds like you've made so many strides and again it's just been in less than a year you've done this mm -hmm. and you started with nothing to, to go from that it sounds like awesome um, uh, it's like got to be encouraging for a lot of other people um, who are listening as well. Um, I will say again, you kind of mentioned this before. Your your job is not the live stream director. You're you're the youth and uh, uh, young adults director, and so you're carrying multiple hats, just like many of us did once this started. Uh, and you actually wrote about this in, on your blog at Marathon Youth Ministry, and I'm going to include the link in it because I just want to hit on it for a minute. But it struck a chord with me so much. Uh, the title of it is How to Stop Wearing All the Hats in Your Parish uh, or Your Church, you know, or Your Ministry because you've gotten tons of just stuff put on you. Uh, talk to me about that. How have you juggled that situation with you doing the live stream and the student and all your other responsibilities? How have you juggled it and what, what are some things you've learned? Yeah, so sometimes like we have to look at sometimes how these hats come to be sometimes they're put uh, bestowed on us right and sometimes we put them on ourselves right yep. and, and and so in regards to the live streaming um that was a both and right the circumstances called for people to step up and be mm -hmm. flexible in ways that they um are not used to being and so for me i saw a need no one was filling it i stepped up right I also knew though going into it when we hit a certain point and that it was clear that this pandemic was not going to be long term. I mean, sorry, it was going to be long term that, um, that I needed a, you know, I needed to either figure out, am I going to convert out of youth ministry and into live streaming or am I going to like stay in youth ministry and, and give this up? And early on I had that conversation with our pastor and I said like, listen, like, I do not want to do this long term after I came to that decision. I, I don't want to do this long term. I'm not going to step away or walk away um, without a replacement. But I need to know that um, I need you to know that if I continue in this path, that it's going to burn me out. Yeah. And, um, and and just being really frank about it, you know, not saying like, oh, I don't want to do this or this is too much or I feel overwhelmed. But just saying, like, I know that if I do this for long term, that things are going to suffer. Yep. And, and fortunately I have a, a great pastor and he heard me on that. And so he's like, well, what's your proposal? And so that was the other thing I came up with a plan, which is build a team, uh, create a job position and, you know, get equipment that anybody can operate. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, building the team and getting the equipment was actually easier than the job description because when you're hiring someone, it, there's so much more that you're putting into it. Like, uh, it's an ongoing budget. Um, does this person meet the values of the team and things like that? And I also set some deadlines. I was like, I would like to be done with this by this date. Now, my original be done with this date was um, was the beginning of September because that's when I knew youth ministry was going to start getting back into full swing and yeah. things along those lines. And as things progressed, it became 
very clear that that wasn't going to happen. And so I said to, and, and my pastor came to me, is like, can you hang on a little bit longer? I was like, yes, I'll hang on. Yeah. I know that as, as long as we're working on this, which he was working on it, I was working on it, the rest of the staff was working on it. And I said, let's make Christmas the goal. So Christmas became the new goal of, you know, and which is kind of symbolic, right? The last hurrah, Christmas Eve <laughs> service and everything like that. And, and so um, I was just like, let's make that the goal. And so in the last couple of months, we were able to hire Mathen, um, who's a college student at Towson, um, who has, he's so talented. He has these gifts and talents and he's, he's a great leader, a young leader. Um, and he's, the team has really adopted him and embraced him. So it feels good to pass that on. That's and cool. now it's just a matter of, you know, me working with math and to be like, all right, this is what I did. And this is how I did it. Um, you look at it and does it make sense? And if it does make sense, it's great. You can take it on and adapt it. However, if it doesn't make sense, let's sit down and talk about it, whether this is something that needs to continue to be done or needs to be done differently, um, or I need to do a better job of explaining it. And some of that stuff is like how I prepped my week and did graphics and, you know, things like that, because I had to be able to clearly communicate to him. And even before we hired him to that position of how much time and energy and what skill set this was going to take to take on, because, you know, um, the thing is Mathen was coming in as a, someone who's solely dedicated to this position where I was coming on and kind of in a triage role of like, we're just going to make this happen. Yeah. And even though I have a value of excellence, it was more of like, we're just doing this because we need to get this done. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that translation had to take place. And so I still have the hat on and I'll always have a piece of that hat because this is, and maybe this is a conversation for another time has impacted my ministry in so many different ways, yeah. but like more and more math and has now taken the keys to the spaceship as we call it and um and now i'm more serving him than him serving me so yeah no i i think that's fantastic it's great uh your blog post is fantastic again i'm going to include in the link one of the things that stood out to me in your blog post and again this is something i personally experienced because even though i serve the dual role of online pastor and the um student minister uh when COVID hit we went gangbusters, a thousand miles a minute kind of deal. Um, and one of the things that you said just now, and then also it's in your blog post is know your limits, because if you don't, you're going to burn out. You will, like, I thought I could do it, man. I thought I was like, this is going to be great. I thought, uh, I mean, I had to have a conversation with my boss and I had to say, if this continues as is, I will be either looking for another job or I will be completely out of ministry. I, I cannot continue at this pace. Um, and so, and they, again, like your, your boss, thankfully they, they heard me and we're still working on that transition part right now of what will it look like long-term, but you have to know your limits because if not, and if you don't say no to things, I always like to say this, this is the phrase from um, Collins in his good to great book, um, you know, of, uh, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. At least I think that was from Collins in that good to great book. I, I've heard a bunch of people say that, but yeah, it's, it's truth. It, it's, it's so true, right? Like yeah. we, we only have 24 hours in the day. So I don't know why we try to squeeze a 25th hour in there, you know? And yeah. yeah. And if you're working until nine, 10 o'clock in the morning at night, and then you're waking up and the first thing you do is start working again, that's not healthy. It's not good. That's, you, that's not sustainable. Um, and so you have to really be monitoring that. 
Well, now what I will say though, Tom, is there are seasons where that's okay, but, but, and this is a huge um, disclaimer is that you have to, you have to make sure that that season has an end point. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, even like, I don't want people to think like, oh, wow, Chris is some Superman where he he ran his business. He did youth ministry and virtual ministry all in 40 hours. No, 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 no. Like I, there were huge adjustments. One, I went from never working Saturdays to working Saturday nights. Right. Um, Because that's when we did live stream. I, um, you know, did end up work, have been working, you know, some weeks where, you know, maybe I have half a day off or one day off and not two days off like I, I used to and everything. <laughs> but what was good is that there were dates that my wife and I sat down, my family sat down and said, this is non-negotiable. I'm taking off. I'm breaking. I'm just going into the wilderness. And, and got, and my pastor was on board with that. And even with, you know, coming to Christmas, um, you know, as we're getting closer to Christmas, I, I said to him, Hey, listen, um, December 25th, Christmas day until January 6th, I just want to be radio silent. Can I do that? And he was like, of course you deserved it. You earned it. So, you know, um, and granted, I, I have enough vacation for that, sure. but like, uh, the fact to take, you know, 10 days off, you know, and just, um, and, and just drop everything, uh, is important for me to refuel and, and refresh myself. Yeah, that, that is so important. That's great that your, uh, uh, your boss let you do that. And that, that's fantastic. Again, and that's a great thing about just communicating with being in constant communication with your, your direct report, whoever that mm-hmm. is. And so I think that's uh, awesome. We could probably talk about this for a really long time. Oh, yeah. and maybe this is a good conversation for another podcast to have you on uh, for sure. Okay, but before I let you go, though, I do want to ask you about Marathon Youth Ministry. Um, what's new? What What are you excited about as you're kind of getting ready for some new stuff coming up with you all? Yeah, so Marathon Youth Ministry, Tom, I don't know if you know this, is, is four years old. I mean, I, I know we've been following each other for a while, and yeah. the blog is, uh, man, the blog is 15 years old. But um, the company itself is four years old, and over time, we've been... Um, like, well, over this last year, like a lot of people, we've been readjusting our mission and vision. And, and so um, heading into 2021, uh, we're really focused on working with overwhelmed ministry leaders through coaching and cohorts uh, to provide them with the resources they need to lead their ministry successfully. And um, so uh, the coaching that we provide, a lot of that's based off of uh, the motivational code. Um, if you go to motivationalcode.com, uh, there's a little bit more uh, insight there. It's a it's an assessment, sort of like Strength Finders and Myers Briggs and Enneagram, but it really a- asks the question: What drives you? What gets you going in the morning? So we use that with all of our clients, and then our cohorts are a chance to um, connect uh, other ministry leaders uh, with one another across the country or even uh, locally um, to collaborate around uh, uh, what we feel are six important principles to leading ministry, especially ministry with uh, the next generation. Um, And so again, we're about, you know, uh, helping overwhelmed leaders uh, through coaching and cohorts, uh, you know, discover the resources that they need to lead ministry successfully. Dude, and that's that's awesome. I I love your cohort stuff. I love what you're doing. Uh, Again, I I read your blog all the time. I mean, and so I I think you've got some fantastic stuff. And again, I think I think a lot of people are overwhelmed now. And I I think one of the things I see with student ministers right now is 
they crave for what they lost and they don't know how to proceed going forward. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, what I love about you and what your team is doing is that you, you have so much experience and you've been through a lot of different things. Obviously no one's been through a pandemic before. Well, not yeah. us, you know, yeah. but you're adaptable and you like to take things to the next level. And so if people are looking for some coaching and some encouragement, your team, you and your team are the great team to go to. So I would highly recommend it uh, to everyone who's listening here. We're not going, uh, my personal opinion, it's not going to go, we're not going back. We're only moving forward. You're going to mm-hmm. take some of the things that you had from the past, but it, there's a different thing. And Chris is uh, the perfect guy to take you and coach you along with it. So Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in learning more, just go to marathonyouthministry.com and uh, backslash coaching. Uh, to learn more about our coaching services as well. Yeah. And for the record, I don't say that about everybody. I just say it about Christopher Wesley. <laughs> so, I appreciate I, I love that. Maritime Tom, Tom I love anytime I see a retweet of a blog post, I know it's you because, uh, <laughs> and I appreciate uh, everything that you do for, for me and, and for Marathon. So thanks. All right. So there you have it. My interview with Christopher Wesley. Again, it's great to see where he went from to where he's at now. And again, I I think as with all things technology, we're always improving. We're always going to that next level. It's just where were you at in the very beginning and where are you at now? I would love to hear your progress. Again, you got to hear what Christopher is doing and the progress they've made and the progress they're looking to make forward going forward. But what is the progress you've made? How have you done feel free to share it with me. You can put it in the comment sections if you're looking on this at ymsidekick.com or I'd love the, for you to hit me up on Twitter at TA Pounders, my Twitter handle. Share this with me and share with me what you're doing. I would love to hear it and encourage you along the way. Um, it's a great way for us to connect. All right, heroes. Well, thanks so much for joining me. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to it. I've got these out every other Wednesday along with the Digital and 5 show. I alternate them back and forth. Uh, but you can find all my content, the vlogs, the podcasts, the different shows, the the blogs uh, at ymsidekick.com. And I've also got information there about Digital Bootcamp, the free uh, Facebook group that we get ministers together and talk about digital tools and trends that are happening around the world and applied into our ministry context. So I'd love for you to be able to join that uh, today. All right, here's why I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. And until next time, have a great one.